Welcome to my Pivot with a Purpose podcast. My name is Jennifer and I am your host. I'm a certified health and wellness coach and I equip and empower women to take control of their thoughts, their nutrition, and their life. In these mindset moments, you will hear practical advice, my history, and how God can take us from a place of feeling hopeless and broken to a place of feeling beautiful and empowered. We will do this together one moment at a time. Let's jump right in. Hey ladies, today we're going to dive into a topic that affects so many women in so many different ways. It's called emotional eating. And the entire topic of emotional eating, it can be summed up with one quote by Neil Maxwell. He says, never give up what you want most for what you want today. Every single time you choose to eat because of an emotion, you aren't searching for food. You're searching for a feeling, or maybe you're trying to escape a feeling which is very common when it comes to emotional eating. Anytime you eat due to an emotion, whether it be happiness, sadness, grief, or even stress, you're using the part of your brain that wants immediate results or instant gratification. Oftentimes, your actions are a form of avoidance or escape. People use different forms of escape. For example, some people may take a nap to escape dealing with life's demands. Some people like to just get away Take a vacation as a form of escape. Don't get me wrong, it's okay to escape sometimes. However, escaping becomes a problem when it gets in the way of your goals. What you need to learn today is that there are other forms of escape that have nothing to do with food. I want you to listen to the definition of emotional eating. Going for food for other reasons other than nutrition. Using food to create a feeling or enhance or even avoid or stuff down a feeling. And it's usually really not related to hunger. It's important to note that you aren't bad if you struggle with emotional eating. Nothing about food is good or bad. Food is a necessity and we've depended on it since birth. As infants, we relied on our mother's milk to help soothe our dysregulated nervous system. Unfortunately, many of us continue to rely on food for the same reasons without learning other coping skills. There are many tools and strategies available for emotional eaters, but the very best thing an emotional eater can do is to make things and food decisions become automatic. Researchers at Cornell University estimate that we make 226 decisions every day on food alone. Making things automatic reduces decision fatigue, and it's proven to be one of the most effective strategies for diminishing emotional eating. We all lead busy lives, and reducing the number of decisions we have to make is always a good idea. But for someone who is about to reach for food out of an emotion, being prepared is absolutely vital. We have to remember that what we want most, which is our long-term goal, is worth sitting through those moments of uncomfortableness of not getting what we want right now. This is where meal planning and meal prepping can save you tons of heartache if you're an emotional eater. I know it's not the most fun, but it takes the decision off your plate. When your spouse calls and asks what's for dinner, you no longer have to respond with, I don't know. Or I'll just run through a drive through because it's been a really long, stressful day at work. You can confidently already know your answer because it's waiting for you at home. You have to decide not to decide. Remember, meal planning and meal prepping is not meant to be a chain. It's meant to be a tool. Prep for three days and call it a win. Three days are better than nothing, and over time, you will improve. 
Spend some time pre-tracking if you're an avid tracker. Again, making things automatic and easy is the best thing you can do on the front end of emotional eating. If you're an emotional eater, clinging to this quote from Neil, and I'm going to repeat it again, never give up what you want most for what you want today, unquote. Clinging to that quote and just allowing it to sink in can help bring your brain back to a place of logic. It isn't a magic pill, but the longer you practice mindfulness around emotional eating, the better you'll be able to control your food. Even if your toxic thoughts never go completely away, they will get softer. The important thing to know is that emotional eating is not something you should be ashamed of. Many times, shame is what keeps us stuck. Like I said, being prepared can be one of the best tools available for emotional eaters. Meal planning and prepping can be a game changer, but the quality of your food you're eating is just as important when it comes to emotional eating. The food you eat absolutely affects your mood and emotional state. High sugar and high fat foods may give you a mood boost in the short term, but unfortunately, they worsen your mood shortly thereafter, and eating them also doesn't support any of your goals. But foods rich in omega-3, like fatty acids, like things like salmon, there's also flavonoids, which is things like dark chocolate, berries, and citrus fruits. Also fermented foods for gut health, like yogurt or kombucha. And then there's fiber. That's going to make a more stable blood sugar for you, which are things like oats and grains. All of those that I just mentioned are great choices for emotional eaters because they're all proven to boost your mood. In the same way that movement exercises signals feel-good emotions, so does healthy food. When your overall health is improving, your emotional health improves. When you choose to eat processed junk food amidst all the emotional wave, you're enabling it. You're strengthening it. The goal is to quiet the thoughts and the urges. Choosing healthy whole food nutrition is step number one for emotional eaters because it's the most natural way to diminish cravings and improve your gut health and your mood. We've talked before about the gut being our second brain. The food you eat is directly related to your gut health and your gut health is directly related to everything else, including your emotions. If you want to overcome emotional eating, you must consume foods that positively affect your emotions. Healthy food is a blessing. Ladies, it is meant to nourish and to heal us. We must stop allowing the foods that aren't there to help nourish us make us sick. Another thing that emotional eaters can have is an obsession with a scale. If you struggle with emotional eating, you might be glad to know that even people who don't struggle with it, which is pretty few, still sometimes struggle with the scale. Weight obsession is not always accompanied by emotional eating, but it most certainly can complicate the journey even further. So I want to talk to you about focusing on a goal weight range as opposed to a specific goal weight. It's important to note the scale should never be the primary tool you use to define success. The only information a scale gives you is your weight at that moment in time. It can't provide any other valuable information like fat to muscle ratio, how bloated you are, your potential water weight, even if you need to use the bathroom, hormonal fluctuations. You get what I'm saying. (laughs) 
Some people can utilize the scale in a healthy way to monitor themselves. Monitoring your weight is different than obsessing over your weight. And the most important thing is that you're being entirely honest with yourself and how it affects you. If you feel better or worse about yourself or your mood changes after stepping on the scale, it's holding way too much power. If you're weighing daily or maybe even multiple times a day, you're giving that number on the scale so much power. After all, you know your weight can fluctuate by several pounds in a single day. Another thing I find that is obsessive use of the scale often affects our nutrition. For example, if you weigh if you weigh and your weight is lower than you expected, you may think, I have a little wiggle room, so I'm going to overindulge a little bit today. But on the other hand, if that number is higher than you want it to be, you may restrict yourself and forego nourishing your body properly. Ladies, this is why it's called yo-yo dieting. Our day-to-day nutritional needs may vary a little, but not much. When you consistently nourish your body with what it needs, you're less likely to binge, undereat, or even care about what the scale says. The first step in overcoming an obsession with the scale is the same thing I preach about everything else. Awareness. You must know yourself and you must be honest with yourself. You'll never heal if you can't get down and dirty with that hard truth. So having a set number is not realistic. Having a range is a much healthier way of thinking. If you're at the bottom of the range, you may need to check yourself and check your macros. Avoid thinking, well... I know I said this is the bottom of my range, but now that I'm here, I'm going to keep going. The truth is, you're making that decision from the wrong part of your brain, and it's the unhealthy part. Lastly, it's important to remember that everything comes with a cost, even being at your thinnest. For example, if you get to your quote-unquote goal weight and have to fight tooth and nail to stay there, or if it's consuming your thoughts and making your life miserable— That's a price you're going to have to pay. Never forget that everything comes with a cost. You're the only one to decide what that cost will be to you. In my coaching program, I empower and encourage you to be at your best health. I am not a coach that will encourage you to be your skinniest and be miserable. Life is way too short. So I teach you how to be healthy from the inside out and losing the extra pounds is just an added bonus. I will give you the tools that you need to be successful. We'll work on mindset, fitness, and nutrition. I want to work with ladies that desire to change, that want to be in the best health so that they can enjoy their kids or their grandkids and their family without feeling tired and depressed and frustrated. Life is short, and you have to have the desire to change before change can ever take place. If that's you... I would love to work with you. My schedule link will be in the show notes. I currently have openings for new clients. I would love to chat and see and see if we would be a good match. Before you go, thank you so much for listening. I hope this podcast encourages, equips, and empowers you. But be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. And as always, if you found this episode helpful, do me a favor and leave a review. This will help others find my podcast. My podcast can be heard on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. God bless you. And remember, if you pivot your mind, you will pivot your actions, which will pivot your life. One mindset moment at a time.
Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe so that you can hear more. And I would love for you to connect on social. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Pinterest. And always remember, you are enough. God bless you.